0: Hi, Dojo Disciples. Sean Orange here from the future. I apologize profusely for the audio quality of the upcoming show, but it was so much fun that I couldn't not release it. However, I do understand if you don't want to listen to an hour of buzzing whistles and pops, so allow me to summarize the episode so you can bounce out of here if you want. We recorded this episode live at NoBrandCon 2022, the first one held in three years! Woo! Our main topic was about the golden age of video games. Is it now? Is it behind us? Or is it ahead of us? I guess those are the only three options. It could be now because of how much retro gaming is accessible, especially by Microsoft, who had been the bad guy in 2013 with the original license locking plans of the Xbox One. (laughs) More like the Xbox 180, am I right? Also, Nintendo's doing a lot to lift up indie studios, so the possibilities are endless. Comparing it to the golden age of television, which sure feels like it's now. Maybe we're living through it? Vink thinks that this can't be it because there's still too much licensing nonsense. Older gems we still can't play, and of course, the looming digital apocalypse. Some of which we're also seeing in TV today. Thanks, HBO Max. Many of the audience members thought it had passed already, and was around the 16-bit era but they were all old like we are, so we gotta take the rose-colored glasses into consideration. For a Pile of Shame, Vink talked about the republished limited-run games Sam & Max Save the World for Nintendo Switch, which he thinks might have been a future red at one point, but then it languished. Of course, Telltale went belly-up since the original was published, so the creators got the rights back and published it themselves in physical form. Depending on how this release does, they may do the same for other Sam & Max games, so they are not lost to time. My pile of shame was Donkey Kong on ColecoVision. I hadn't bought a retro console in years, but when my local game store finally called me up after I agreed to go on a waiting list, I couldn't help myself, which included buying a lot of games I wasn't planning on. The ColecoVision will go great with the video that I want to do, in which Donkey Kong and its development for by Coleco figures heavily. Of course, since this podcast was recorded, the Gaming Historian released a video about this very subject, so maybe the cat's out of the bag already. And last but not least, we dedicated our show to our dear friend, Paul Holman, a.k.a. The Herald, who we lost to cancer two years ago. But because of the pandemic, we couldn't hold a service until summer of last year. Oh, well, that was actually the first thing we mentioned, but I didn't want it to bring everyone down when we started the show. Well, that's pretty much it. Here's the original episode in all of its most unadulterated glory. I did try to clean it up, but, uh, well. Oh,
1: please, one more continue. Check yeah. out.
0: See. Crazy! And all these, all these people in the room. Hello! Make some noise! Yeah! Oh, we're live at no Con 2022. We are. Con, we are. Since so the last one, which was not last year.
1: I think I'm wearing last con's t-shirt.
0: <gasps> that that is an earlier con's t-shirt. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes it is. Yes, it is. I wonder how many people are at RobberCon right now that are younger than this t-shirt.
0: Oh, uh, I don't want to think about that. He says I've been working at Reg all day. Alright. I'm not sure what you can hear and what you can't, so I'm going to repeat for you and for the, the people at home
1: who aren't that at would this convention,
0: great. even though we give you adequate warning to come. <laughs> I tried man I tried not you I was talking about like (laughs) people in Canada and stuff you know yeah they could have come they could have come no that wasn't like that at all I mean you know to be fair we did have time restrictions so there you go that's
1: true that's true
0: so yeah this is the I've never missed a No Brand Con even though No Brand Con's been missed a few years so this is the, the the 19th one wow that's true. Yes, yes. There are, t- right. Yeah, and I bought one. I bought I bought the, the the T-shirt for the year that didn't happen, and then I bought this year's T-shirt. Um, but yeah. So here we are at at NoBrandCon, and I think yep. um, we wanted to dedicate this episode to our to our good friend Paul the Herald Holman. Who yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Passed away. Is it two years ago now? Uh, year and a half, two years, years something like that. Yeah. yeah. not even have one until last year. So. Yeah, it's really uh, unfortunate. Uh, for, what's that?
1: I just said it's really unfortunate. He he definitely would have been here if he could have. You know.
0: Absolutely. It's it's funny because every like once in a while I'm looking around like I'm kind of like oh, that's, uh, nope. Yeah. But uh, he, he was, uh, like, since this convention, he was, like, the main audio-video guy. Uh, yeah. He worked at um, uh, the local cable access in um, Eau where the comm was found. We're we're in Tula Vista, the uh, Wisconsin Dells now. But... Yeah, man. So this is for you, Paul.
1: Hats off. Uh, nice, we've... Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, just, just just, saying that, I mean, you know, in the dojo community, we've, we've, we've lost a few people uh, since last time we were doing this, so, um, but today is all about keeping those spirits up, and so let's have a rousing topic.
0: Okay.
1: For, or not. Um, I, don't it, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's... Well, in honor of video games, uh, right now your feed kind of looks like it's being funneled through a Sega CD, so...
0: So, uh, what are we talking about today?
1: We are talking about video games.
0: We are talking about video games. Which ones? We
1: are... Well, that's, you know, that's what's interesting about this topic is it depends which ones we're going to talk about, depending on your personal opinions, because we are going to talk about... What is the golden age of video games?
0: Oh. I mean clearly it was... So.
1: Yeah. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I'm thinking about that. I can't answer that quickly. I thought I was going to be able to. That's interesting. Well,
1: first Well, first of all, let's 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 try to define some things here. Now, what what is what is often considered um, of the golden age of different things? For example, the golden age of comic books is like from the late thirties to mid mid fifties. It's considered the golden age, um, sure. and of of movies. Um, what now? That's 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 one that's very much in debate.
0: Sure.
1: Um, a lot of people Rocker consider the golden age of seventies. Sure. A lot of people consider the golden age of Hollywood to be, um, you know, started at, during the Great Depression and went through to, like, the early 60s. Okay. But, you know, there's always this idea of, like, the the new golden age. Uh, golden age of Disney was the original, like, when Walt Disney was alive, and the second golden age was, like, started with The Little Mermaid. Sure, yep. And now I think we're in like... I mean, we dilute it a bit when we have so many golden ages, but um, video games is a fairly new medium, and I think the idea is uh, uh, today we're going to try to figure out when the golden age might have been, or if it's now, or if it hasn't come yet.
0: Interesting. Uh I can... I'm thinking, like, people keep saying that we're in the golden age of television right now. And it's hard to disagree with that, because there's so many options. Oh, okay. We even started up a podcast about that.
1: That's true. That's true. But a lot of the stuff we talk about is from 20 or 30 years ago.
0: I, I one or, one or two things.
1: The golden age of television, the golden age of television is whenever Quantum Leap came out.
0: Oh
1: that's the so golden age right
0: now but miles told me that he was going to bring me a shirt that said and sam beckett never returned home spoilers by the way from the show i uh, uh,
1: did not end
0: Is continuing is continuing okay yep yeah, there is a reboot coming yep there, there.
1: and apparently they're gonna apparently they're gonna solve that uh that cliffhanger
0: i i okay, that's, that's what, what i read
1: show that's a different that's show. What that's what a awesome. different show a different show
0: in in, in, in in an hour and a half, like an hour.
1: So, what would you consider the golden age of quantum leap? <laughs> <laughs> oh All right. God. All right, anyway.
0: So, yeah. so, video games, that's interesting, right? Like, everyone's biased, yeah. right? Like, right now, of course. people on YouTube are, yeah. are like gravitating toward the Wii launch video that I did with sure. Phil Bond in 2006. Like, these, okay. these kids who were like, younger than that video are finding it and being like, oh my god, I remember the Wii, it was my first video game system, and I'm just like, yeah, it was okay.
1: Wow. But, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing. We have to kind of separate nostalgia from the Golden Age. So, which I think is impossible to do, really. I mean, okay, just... First reaction, first reaction, what is what is the golden age of video games to you? Someone says golden age of video games. What's, what's bit, the first thing you think of?
0: 8-bit, maybe 16-bit, like maybe early 16-bit.
1: Yeah. Wow. yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, but to someone a little older than us, uh, they might say that uh, it's the early arcade stuff, that sure. home console games are actually, you know, past the golden age. You know, yeah, that right, like yeah. it, the the home Atari, but like playing, playing games, um, you know, there's definitely people who would say that uh, the golden age of arcade ga- of arcade games was long was like over before console games took over, and some people would say that no, the golden age was during like Street Fighter Two and things like that.
0: Yeah, and it, it, it... Despite what, like, Sega and Nintendo have said about their home consoles trying to emulate uh, arcade hardware, they were behind the curve there for yeah. a long time. Um, I mean, I've, I've played the ports. <laughs> they, they're okay. I, you know, the, the NES battle test could have been better I'm this saying. That wasn't an arcade game, but still, you know, (laughs) home home consoles like compared to the stuff, the 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 leap from the eight to sixteen bit is like where I was was like, oh my gosh, this is great. We're in the golden age of video games. That's what I'm thinking of, like Mega Man X, Donkey Kong Country. Sure. Having like pre-rendered sprites in it, like when the hardware couldn't handle real time, you know, it's like yes, this is it. This is the sweet spot. So okay. give, Give give me a counter argument.
1: Okay, I mean, definitely, definitely, games uh, at that at that time had, saw a huge upgrade. But I mean, I think for people a little bit younger than us, uh, the same startling upgrade was the move from the from the sixteen bit to thirty two and sixty four bit. I mean, it was like a startling revelation to a lot of people when they saw Mario sixty four for the first time, or Final Fantasy six to Final Fantasy seven. You know now, now I mean for 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 myself, I was I was older by that point, and uh, I, I don't know. You know, sometimes when things went ve- very 3D, uh, I considered it a downgrade in some situations.
0: Why well, from like I, I,
1: beautiful I, 2D to kind of ugly 3D? As,
0: as much as I like Final Fantasy VII, I feel like it falls into that camp pretty squarely.
1: Okay. So I mean, else. oh, go ahead.
0: I'm I'm just reading through the comments right now. still doesn't like my audio.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> nothing wrong technically with it. They just don't like your voice.
0: Well, I mean, fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So why don't we pull the audience right now? Why don't you uh, Why don't you have a show of hands? Uh, go Go. G- give some different generations. I want to see what we're dealing with here. I want to play to the audience.
0: All right. Yeah. Does anyone have a? Ooh. To to Xbox? Name, name some games. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Could, could you hear that? Or should I paraphrase. Par- right,
1: paraphrase. paraphrase. Awesome. I could. I could. I could hear it, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure if everyone could.
0: Sure. Yeah. So yeah. The. Uh, um. The the ps2 era he's saying um so we had uh, god of war and uh resident evil 4 and halo like you know things that are continuing to this day which is another great point like games that came out during that time um getting like continual remasters like there's there's a whole like final fantasy 7 remake it's not just like you yeah. know upgraded it's like it's a whole new game you know, inspired by the original, kind of like yeah. you know Transformers yeah. being. This is just like I remember it. it's like you no, know, it's how the cartoon was, and it's how you thought of your toys, but your toys actually were really terrible. Like that's that's how that's how some of these games are now. They've they've improved technically, um, and something he said too about how the previous generations 3D was okay. Um, reminds me of like the 8 to 16 bit jump that made me think oh this is the golden age now because they've maybe not perfected it but they've made this quantum leap ahead <laughs> yeah you oh god i'm going to have to buy a box set because i took it off nbc.com anyway other podcasts other other, other
1: podcasts okay uh, yeah, that
0: i i i, 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 li- I
1: like that argument that was I, really good
0: i a game I can think of from that time, Mass Effect, and the special edition of that didn't change much. And I find that I can't play it, not because it's bad. There are more restore points, but it's just like, I've played this game four times already, and I'm done with it.
1: <laughs> okay!
0: Okay. Six times, yeah, yeah. So. I've only played through Mass Effect 3 once, though, so I should really revisit it ten years later. Alright, well how about how about this? Is the golden age of video games now? Mmm. Why no. do I say that? <laughs> what do you make my <laughs> okay. Because because we have all these remakes, like you know, the the ones people remember fondly and are so profitable. Uh, how do you do an asterisk with your thing? Whatever. It's not like a hashtag thing. Yeah. Um the things I'm thinking of are like uh, a, a lot of retro games, a lot of 8-bit and 16-bit games and beyond, yeah. even though it can uh, ar- cost as not as a leg for them, are sure. available in some fashion. I brought. What'd you bring? I can't see it. Hold on, just just a second. Like I I brought these these with me in my Cute. NES one. Like you know they, you can play this stuff. Yeah. Um on a TV either now or you can hack them and emulate stuff um, you know people make their raspberry Pis or whatever but you know there are there are commercial avenues for the older stuff people the things that people really liked are getting remade they have sequelcy that at least engine one yep um, and like Nintendo especially has been shepherding this this boom in uh, independent games so we get cool stuff like uh, uh, um, Shoot Cadence of Hyrule, the one that came before that. Help me out with the original games. Go <laughs> to the Necromancer. Necrom da- dancer, sorry. Yeah. Dancer. So like on the other hand, I recognize that a lot of these games are being developed under very poor conditions. And some of these companies uh, have very bad reputations. So,
1: I don't know. But I mean, it, it, I, 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 th- thats another topic. But I, the go- if we're limiting the golden age based on unfair work conditions, then the golden age of Hollywood is really, really bad.
0: Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just the work conditions, but uh, other other problems in oh, society. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there is that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you shot me down. When 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 is the, the golden age of video games? Is it yet? When to is come? the? Those are some of our options that are left, right? I mean, I
1: don't know if it's if it's yet to come because, for me at least, the way the video game industry is moving, uh, as all of this um, service game, pay to play, uh, things like that makes it hard for me to imagine that that is going to be the Golden Age. But then again, if I'm using purely the idea of a preservationist mentality, then the original Golden Age, a lot of it has been lost to time as well. So... Yeah, that's good. It is, you know, it really depends on what we're using as... Um, as as a determining uh, factor for for what is a golden age, I think the golden age of gameplay was during was during the uh, eight and sixteen bit, like the arcade era, okay. when the, the game had to immediately catch you and uh, and and, uh, and pull you in. Pull you in. Whoa! <laughs> Sorry, John. Was the, that? That? No, it was, was it was louder. It might. Help. It might have been better. I don't know. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I switched microphones. Okay.
0: Let's it see. Up. Let's. Is it, let's. Is it more gooder?
1: I don't know. Let's see what people in the in the feed are saying. They're not saying anything
0: right now. They're 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 perhaps so the shocked the by how happened. well it's like, going. 30, they're thirty seconds behind us.
1: Oh, I see. Well, let's see. Let's see. It's definitely more staticky on my line.
0: More staticky?
1: More st- no, but no, it's that's good. That's good. I, I think it's. I think it's also more volumey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and other technical terms. All right, I give up.
0: We're just sticking with this one. Okay, it's more gooder. We've been told it's more gooder. All right. It, 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 All right. the battery is just dead on the other one. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be a very dojo Jewish problem. Okay. I, I know. Yeah. All right.
1: Anyway. So, yeah, um, but, what about, but the golden age of narrative in games? Ooh, that's a harder one to call. Narrative. I mean, huh? I love the stories of, like, the 16-bit Final Fantasies. I think they're great, but they don't really hold a candle to the things that have come once you move to a disc-based uh, medium. But, but now again, if we're moving towards a a, a method of like pay to play of a game never really ending, I'm I'm worried that a lot of that that a lot of that close, close narrative is going to is going to stop. I really need to play Final Fantasy. What is it? Final Fantasy 14? Because I hear that that does it pretty well of like an ongoing game with a good story.
0: Th- that's what I really liked about the original Dragon no. Age game was like the the good DLC was a lot like that. Um, yeah. The I said this before. I'll, I'll say it again. The the um, Awakening DLC was like was like a high level um, MMO package basically, and then every everything else was like these story add-ons that filled in pieces um, of of the universe and, and, and the lore. So I I can agree with that. Old man's journey. Man's journey. You journey. Know, a Night in the Woods. I liked that Night in the Woods anyway. Celeste. Um, yeah. Um, you spoke of Mass Effect though and it reminds me of how narratively clever older games had to be because someone posted, I don't remember if it was on the Discord or like a friend of mine over over Facebook Messenger or whatever, but they posted this like uh, this advanced wars style remake, and it is phenomenal. Like I, I mean, granted, I I played the original uh, piece of the story that it was trying to emulate, but I felt all the same things all over again. And I feel like it could have been just as emotionally impactful on the Game Boy Advance had it been released that way. So, but but were games doing that like? the style reminded me a lot of... Um, uh-oh. Yeah? Golden Sun. But the story and execution of Golden Sun fell short for me. I liked the game and the gameplay, but the story was like... Eh. So... So... But, like, speaking of games that do narrative stuff well, like, um, in between the shoesty shusty bits, uh, Halo has a TV show now. And what they've done to make that narratively interesting is take out the part that people played. So is it a good TV show? That's for a different podcast. But different like, podcast, yeah. You know, just just putting that out there that that like movies and games or sorry, movies based on video games like say Silent Hill, like there's something there, yep. but is that something what made the game popular and can they both exist or is one better than the other or is the story not actually not that good when it's divorced from the gameplay?
1: Very quickly, uh, since since uh, the, the we had a lot of uh, commentary from someone in the audience. Could you paraphrase that very quickly so the people at home can hear? Which part? <laughs> uh, any any part any any part that you think is going to be nece- necessary to the conversation going forward?
0: Um. He, well, he was he was saying indie kind of games like are like, good. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was saying how um, Final Fantasy XIV yeah. is a lot like a, a, a series of um, like like a continuation of like a series of a TV show kind of like it's it's a game and then and then it's more game and it's more game but it's not like you know just extending the same story out. It's like doing new yeah. stories each time and it's it's building on the the previous world from before. Yeah, and, yep. and that's and that's why I likened it to, to the good Dragon Age DLC, which, which sure. came about a decade before. Well, when did fourteen come out? Okay, so they're contemporaries. Okay, okay.
1: Sean, is is the audio that you're uh, transmitting to uh, the podcast coming through your lapel mic?
0: Yes. Ah, okay. Trying, trying to split it would have been a nightmare. <laughs> okay, okay. All right.
1: So anyway, um, trying to establish a golden age right now while we're in the midst of things might be a little bit hard. But but I, I think that when things settle down, there's going to be a lot of debate over... Whether it's going to be during the time that uh, the first like generation of Nintendo, you know, for Famicom, Super Famicom, and then there's going to be another camp that's definitely going to be uh, the days that PlayStation took over, you know. And uh, I don't know what we're in right now because it's. I I suppose the home of narrative games is probably still PlayStation, but there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things coming from the other companies as well. And when it comes to things like, uh, gameplay innovations, then, then, then you've got all kinds of opinions there. Yeah. This is, oh, I know what this is right now. This is, the go- this is the golden age of uh, Pile of Shame.
0: Yep, there are definitely more video games being released than I will ever, ever be able to play.
1: Okay. Exhibit A. These are my games that are still in their shrink wrap. Not oh for me collecting them for selling later, but just because I have not had time to get to them.
0: Oh my goodness! Golden
1: age. Uh-huh.
0: Can't put it back. Uh, there we go. There we go. Yep. So, do we come to any conclusions? Hmm. We got. We got to put I'd this s- down somehow.
1: I'd say one of the conclusions is that it's it's going to continue to remain uh, a point of contention based on how old people are. I think. I'd love to hear some more opinions from the, from the crowd, actually.
0: Anyone else? Go for it. yeah okay so so um yeah he's agreeing with me that the 16-bit error was probably it because yeah he was able to perfect what the 8-bit was trying to do and I, I agree that with that from the perspective too of even the 8-bit stuff got a lot better from like the early oh yeah. portion to the end like there was stuff the nes hardware for instance wasn't supposed to be able to do that it was doing by the end of its life cycle Yeah. like that Just to game that handle what they were to do that Yeah, so yeah, he's he, he's seen that uh, Super Metroid is a perfect yeah. example of this because it's it's called the, the soft reboot of uh, the first game, which I totally agree with. In fact, there are a lot of third games and sometimes like third leading stuff that do a deliberate retread of the first film to some degree. Or, or sometimes it's the direct sequel, like you know, Back to the Future too. I had to put it in there, get to, to get back to the future in there somehow. But but like especially in the realm of video games, there's there's a technological gulf that was able to be crossed oh, yeah. that it's like we could have done it this way which is what we to do Like you no, know, this is the way that it was intended to be or could have been the first time. But if you go back and you look at Super Metroid, as much as I love that game, especially after playing Metroid Dread, it looks dated to me now because it's still tile based, like the original game was. There's not a lot of depth to it. In fact, like you're you're playing Dread and there's like a lot of stepping into the foreground and the background um, like the, the just the places where you save and like Samus walks back and the camera, you know, moves in to show you actually in three D space. Yeah. Like in Super Metroid you just like walk up to this flat set of tiles that serves as like your map or your pixel thing, and you just she shoves her <laughs> arm cannon into it and then that's it. Like it's it's not as atmospheric, um, even though like the game still does these things really well, like, you know, the music and uh the the feeling of being alone. Like it did those things amazingly well and I thought it had a very good story where it, it was trying to expand on the original game literally by giving you part of the original game's map and then like making it bigger, which then Zero Mission also did. But which is which was a literal remake of that game. But yeah. Okay. Good uh, uh, just a oh sorry. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So he's he, he's saying the the iteration that came after the original three D one was was the sweet spot for those, which maybe maybe that's how we need to think about this. It's like there's different genres, there's different styles. Like maybe mm. maybe the golden age has to do with you have to like segment it further because this is such a big movie. yeah. Okay. RPGs aren't action platforms, right? On, on, on the other hand, like how has Zelda evolved from being an overhead sort of three-quarters of you game to being Skyrim?
1: The golden age of Zelda was when it was 2D moving on the side.
0: Hey now. That's, <laughs> that hurts. By the way, that, uh, the last It two... actually felt like a step down.
1: <laughs> the uh j- just for for, for for my for my interest the last two speakers if they would be so inclined as to say what age generation they are well you know eric you don't i don't, I don't need your age but uh, uh, what was your first video your game
0: <laughs> okay oh, is he? how many Okay, so he's three years younger. So he's like, yeah, you're younger than me. <laughs> Higher. I mean, okay, I mean. yeah. <laughs> and then, when you're in your thirties, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. No, no, that's 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 fair. Just, just I I can't I can't see these people, and I I was it would be really cool if it was someone who was like, twenty or something, who was like, no, 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 games before. Yeah, I we, was only, we only
0: we only we only pulled mostly the older people, <laughs> such as our line. Yep, that's okay. That's all right. All right. So, uh, I, I don't know. Do we do we have anything conclusive before we, we move on to future retro pile of shame?
1: I mean, I think just because uh, you know, even when the Golden Age of Hollywood wasn't really settled until the until the dust you know dust cleared, so I right. think the same is going to be true for the Golden Age of video games, and it's going to also depend on if the companies Ruin things. Do you know what I mean? Like, we are moving to an age of uh, unprecedented uh, technical, uh, you know, the games are looking better than ever, they're sounding better than ever, they have the potential to have really amazing stories and plots, but I also heard right now that, uh, you know, patents have come through for putting ads in your game, like, more so than just product placement, but, like, actual, like, free-to-play games might start running ads like YouTube does, things like that. And I worry that, you know, that if it's not handled properly, you know, games are going to become something different. And that's not necessarily wrong. I mean, it's wrong for me as an oldie, but uh, you know, we're going to have to see what that effect has. And Who knows? Maybe there's also going to be some... Maybe VR is really going to take off to a point where we never anticipated, and anything before that will just be considered pre-real gaming.
0: I can't wait for my VR experience of total immersion to be totally broken by an ad of popping in. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. No, my my, my wife plays a lot of... um, Yeah. Candy Crush and Bubble Witch, and those are constantly interrupted by ads, and I can just sure. to say there's a reason I stopped playing Candy Crush in
1: 2012.
0: Yeah, let's move on to future retro Pile of Shame. All right. Future Retro is a segment where we talk about contemporary video games that have the potential to be remembered as classics. Or classics that we've played for the first time, or just more recently. And in Pile of Shame, we talk about the games we haven't been playing, and try to convince each other if we should. Or not. What, what do yeah. you got?
1: I got one that's bold. Really? Because uh, I mean, it's 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 definitely one of my. I, I believe I've even talked about it way in the early days of the podcast as a future retro. Um, I recently got this bad boy. I am holding up the box of the limited run edition of Salmon Max Save the World. Oh, it's so pretty! Which I played originally as a WiiWare game.
0: So this must have been published with through the new telltale, right? Well uh no, no it's here? uh they, the people who made the game uh,
1: formed a new company called Skunk Ape Games. Okay. And they they re they got the rights back to the Salmon Max series. Oh. And they republished it for I know at least Switch and PC and I think they've come to the other consoles as well at this point. I'm not sure. And I their plan is to re is if Goes well enough to redo all of the uh, three seasons of Salmon Max.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Cool. Oh, wait. Sorry. I didn't play. I didn't play uh, it on WiiWare, actually because the original Salmon Max was uh, on uh, GameTap. What's a game? Which is a service. It's a service that doesn't exist anymore. Um, it was like, the Netflix like, like of obviously. gaming. Yeah. yeah. Uh but. They they put them as a as a compilation for the Wii, which is where I played them for the first time.
0: So they just and the uh, was remade or oh, they they just
1: republished it. This is I mean, they they up to the res of course they 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 increased uh, the uh, the when textures went zoomed in in the, in the game before, they were very, very low resolution. They've kind of fixed that. Uh, they redid some of the voice acting so that uh, a person of color is now played by a person of color. Look at me. So, okay. And, um, uh, uh, I th- I th- and just some quality of life improvements as well. Now, I I've, I've played the first one. I don't... Uh, sorry, I... I played the demo of the, the switch remake and I thought it looked really quite good. And that's why it's also my pile of shame because I haven't gotten back into this and I really do want to. Salmon Max is one of my favorite series ever. And I don't think the Telltale games were ever as good as the original Lucas arts game. Um, but they were fun. They were, they were very fun. And, um, I enjoyed them and I'd like to to play it again. And that's maybe you know what? I think I need to start doing a pile of shame thing like you do. I do. I need and to start like, I, need, are to start, are I need to start I need to I know everyone's like, When are you gonna stream? I just I just finally got this room to a place where I could actually enter the room. Like that there weren't <laughs> so many boxes around that I you know that recently I've been podcasting from my from my wife's shop because I t- I couldn't even get in this room.
0: Oh goodness! All right, I yeah. wasn't sure why that was, but now now we all know.
1: There we go. There we go. Too many. Too. Th- th- I mean, the the shame. The shame is piled all around me right now. You can. You Literally. you see this. You see this narrow view that looks somewhat clean and organized, but looking either direction is is. is
0: Cool. Uh, that that does remind me that when we had Rob Matsushita on the show yep. uh, in twenty fourteen, <clears throat> he was like, "Hey, you oh should play goodness. Walking Dead season one. And let me know what you think." And I'm like, "Sure." So it's only been eight years. Yeah, only. And now Telltale's back, so I can I can I can play them again because I I, I yeah. lost my access to those for a bit. Um, Telltale won't so be we, back, in my opinion. I have episode one of season two on my Xbox 360. I don't remember downloading that, but whatever.
1: Telltale won't be back, in my opinion, until the Homestar Runner games come back for a modern console.
0: Everybody, everybody.
1: Sorry. I was today years old when I found out that Matt Chapman was uh, was one of the people behind Gravity Falls. <gasps> what? Yeah.
0: I guess I, I guess, in, I guess only, I guess
1: only, I guess only in the early season but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry.
0: Dang. Yeah, all right. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah, what's a digital pile of
1: shame? Not as much. I've, I've tried to kind of avoid the steam sales these days because I, I'm never gonna, never gonna get there. Um. Uh, I, I used to always go on different digital storefronts and look for what was like 75 80 percent off and I, I I stopped doing that because I'm never gonna get I'm never gonna get to those games and if it's something I really want to play I'll it's probably worth paying full price for and if I'm buying it just because it's cheap but saying that I bought uh, six games off the 3DS eShop this month. Nice. I said I wasn't going to in the last podcast. I said I wasn't going to. But I I realized there were some gaps in my Phoenix Wright collection. Um, And I realized that I really, really like Shin Megami Tensei V and I haven't played four. And then I found out there's two versions of four, So, of course, I had to have both of them.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I certainly have never bought a game that I've already owned elsewhere forget, just because it was there like, definitely not another world
1: oh, okay, good, I thought you were talking about me and I was feel my ears burning
0: <laughs> or Metroid 2 yeah
1: right. I, did the, I do the opposite all the time, I buy things digitally and I'm like this is great, so I find a way to get it physically
0: I I should uh, do that with double switch if I can Ah yeah
1: I mean get get it now It's only going to go up in price
0: Fair enough Or
1: I don't know Maybe I can sell you my copy We'll we'll talk later Mm. Trade you for some stuff
0: Alright So I think I have a pile of shame for you Okay Lay it on me It's Donkey Kong For the ColecoVision. Ah,
1: knew there was going to be something there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I've I've had a ColecoVision copy of Donkey Kong because Donkey Kong, before Nintendo had its own platform, was published by Coleco. So if you wanted to play it, it was on ColecoVision. It was on the Atari uh, 2600. Um, yeah, and the story behind that is fascinating, and we definitely need to get to that story sometime. Suffice to say that Coleco basically stole it out from under Atari's nose. Um, but that made me wonder: well, what is this version like? Because uh, the whole the whole idea was that the ColecoVision was a better system than the Atari, and yep. uh, it would be their, their it was their flagship pack-in title. Uh, yeah. from The ColecoVision launch. So, this is really interesting. So I'm like, all right, how does it compare, especially to the NES version? Unfortunately, even though I've had that cartridge for years, I had no way to play it uh, until recently when the local video game store uh, call, called me up and says, "Hey, we got a ColecoVision in." So 180 later, and a bunch of games that kicked it up to 250. <laughs> I now have a a, a starter ColecoVision collection. There you go. Um, which includes Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Popeye, because those are those, the whole infinity of the Famicom. <laughs> of
1: course, one. of course.
0: Um, I got uh, a copy of uh, Smurf, um, which I also have for, I played that for the Atari, so I have a copy of that as well. Um, I got something called Jumpman Jr. Have you played Jumpman? Are you aware of what Jumpman is?
1: I'm aware of what it is, but... Yeah. Sorry. I'm just pulling up uh, props.
0: No. Um, I So I got Jumpman Union. I, I played the original Jumpman on Apple TV. Yeah. Um, and so I got Jumpman Union because it was basically just like the ColecoVision port of the original game plus some of the levels. More, more or less is what they told me uh, at the store. And I, and I got some other ones like Zaxxon. Um, so, but. You know, this is a this is a second generation console, right? Like this is well before my golden age of, of video games. Yeah. And there's only so much of the weirdness and differentness that I can tolerate. Like the controllers I should have brought one with me as a prop, especially because yeah. it doesn't work that well. Um, the controllers, if you can imagine it, it's like it's like a giant telephone with like uh, you know, the, the the number pad on it and then a stick on the top that you can that you can wiggle and move, but it also spins. Um, and uh, action buttons on the sides. So it's really wild, and like most of the games that you can plug into this thing, um, you have to push one of the number buttons or, or something to get the game started. Um, otherwise, you don't really use it unless there are, there are some games that do. But, you know, the, the controllers are really janky. they <laughs> really,
1: yeah. I'm approximating it. I'm yeah, approximating
0: close. it. you can't see what a doing, watch... Watch the video version if the audio version and what. I've taken
1: my phone and attached a joystick to it um, that's slightly smaller than the ColecoVision.
0: Yeah, Mark, Mark <laughs> in the chat is saying... Here, I'm going to switch over to that so that I can... Uh, I haven't been putting up comments at all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the input lag is real, but also, like, the controllers just don't work well. And maybe it's because of their age at this point, because it is, like, a 40-year-old system. But more than that now. Um, but not, not much more. It's about, it's about 40. Um, and, like, it just doesn't always work. The like one controller I have, like, left doesn't work consistently. Right works fine, left not so much. So, like, you know, it really helps me to appreciate how innovative and important the D-pad really was. Oh yeah, um, because it's just it's just so impossible otherwise. Now, I, I, I don't think that the that the port is compatible with any other controllers I have, so it probably wouldn't work even if it was like fit physically. But I would love some other way to play this better because it's it's kind of a chore. I won't I won't lie. Like I, I'm like, sure if it, if like someone's made Apple, something.
1: Was that I'm sure someone
0: Yeah. I'll oh. just have to look it up. If somebody knows, then please please let me know. Um, but yeah, so I so in, not to keep everyone in suspense, but I played the Donkey Kong port and the sounds a little weird, but like like there are things that it does because it's based on the arcade game that the NES port doesn't do. Like it has levels the NES version doesn't have. It's it's wild how how well um, this game actually was ported from the arcade, even though it's not as technically oh, yeah. advanced. Um, and I can and I can see why Coleco wanted it. So uh, more to come on that uh, later. That that whole story, but um, let's just say that Donkey Kong um, nearly started a whole bunch of fights. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, within the dying uh, U.S. video game industry.
1: Well, before we move on to the ColecoVision, Vision, uh, we have a very important question from Satoshi Matrix. Oh, who asks? Who asks? Does the ColecoVision Vision expose orange paint when it is turned on?
0: Eh? Good lord, eh? man! <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. But you know what it does that no other console of that age and even some of, of the later ones did? What? It had its what? own load-up screen where it warned what? you that you need to put a cartridge in before you turn the thing on. Like, it was identical. So so for the most part, there was a common load-up screen that every game yeah. had. that just had, like, uh, the Coleco logos and, and other oh. e- ephemera and then, like, the, the title of the game underneath. And that's how you knew that the yeah. cartridge was inserted correctly. Otherwise, uh, and it
1: television was, had that too.
0: Did it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean that makes sense because Coleco... Um, based on a copy of television, including the name. But, <laughs> but, you know what I learned thanks to our wonderful viewers. Uh, the Would last time I mentioned ColecoVision, Vision, uh, I think because I think it was on one of the pile of shame streams. Um, yeah. That uh, Coleco is short for the Connecticut Leather Company. Yeah. I had no idea where that came from before. I was I was I was 41 years old when I learned that. Yeah. Just just saying. And apparently, Tandy 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 is also a leather company. Well, like Radio Shack
1: existed, but then it was bought out by the Tandy Leather Company. And that's why they called their computer line the Tandy.
0: Okay. That is wild.
1: Leather and video games are just like this.
0: Ooh, 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 ooh! Here we go. So she's, so she's letting me know there's a Vectrex community member, retro Game Boys who makes custom NES controllers that work with Legal Vision.
1: Well, there Sold. you go. Yes. I'm on it. All right. This All podcast right. accomplished uh, something.
0: Okay. So thank you, everyone listening at home, for joining us. Everyone here, you can stay seated. You don't be go anywhere. Yeah. So, thank you for joining us for another episode of Famicom Dojo uh, like I said we're currently live at No Con. <laughs> next weekend probably several weeks in the past by the time you hear this is Midwest Gaming Classic and I hope to show yep. up and, and do some classic Midwest Gaming um, should be a fun time I'm hoping to meet Gary finally because he's going to be there oh yeah rock solid um, yeah not just a clever name Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, and it'll be another busy day where I'm doing two things in one day in two different cities. But hey, you know, that's just just life. Yeah. Do it. Um, Any 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 announcements? It's this year's our 15th anniversary of Famicom Dojo. I don't want to think about that. Oh my goodness.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Um, But and I can't promise to do anything special because that's just how life is these days. But I'm going to try and do.
1: Let's do something.
0: Let's do something.
1: If we, if we leave it at that, we could probably cross that low bar.
0: Yeah, we can do anything. Yeah. At that point. Um, okay, cool. Uh, so the, then I guess with that, uh, until next time, just a couple minutes, the dojo okay. is...
1: The dojo is live... At no brand cut <laughs> I cannot I mean,
0: next time we will be live at no brandcon, so that's perfect.
1: That is true. That is
0: next true. time, which is also this time.
1: Okay. Okay. Stick around for next time, followed immediately by this time. Wait, no? <laughs> oh.
0: Whatever. <laughs> The Famicom Dojo video game podcast is part of the Nerd and Tie podcast network and produced by That's Orange LLC. Theme songs "One more and continue in RPG were written and performed by the Amari Tones. Pixel art for our logo provided by Lewis Lloyd Judson at lewistrations.co.uk. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever RSS feeds are downloaded. Famicom Dojo.
1: From the creators of the video game podcast, Famicom Dojo.
0: You still make that?
1: And the enthusiastic support of the Nerd and Tie Network.
0: Yeah, do whatever you want.
1: Comes a podcast about the single most important question in human history.
0: What is the meaning is of life? Right for ever
1: me? Can God create a rock so big even pumpkin man
0: cannot How look can it? How can I find fulfillment? Do we have what Free happens you. after you Does die? Does this look infected is to you? Is there such a thing as karma or fate? What is true? Have you guys seen my keys?
1: What should I be watching on TV? every episode of two boobs watch the tube vink and his best bra sean orange take a shallow dive into a current or retro tv show will they love it i guess will they hate it no one will they fight about it no one cares did sean even watch it no is vink still listening as sean talks about transformers definitely not these questions and more will be answered on
0: two boobs watch the tube listen to new episodes fortnightly on the nerd and tie podcast network